is Kenya, and welcome to my magical cottagecore life. Today, we're going to do another project to help make our surroundings a little more cottagecore, or goblincore, or trollcore, or just anything that along that line of creativity in that whole genre. Now listen, you have a lot of control here because you're going to pick what kind of medium as far as the fabric and you're also going to pick the pattern of what we're creating today and what are we creating well open up your big book of stuff and turn to the section on kitchen items repurposed because today we are going to make place mat pillows that's right those cloth placemats that you use in the dining room that you keep stored in the kitchen cabinet or in the drawers? That's right, we're going to use those. And it's going to be absolutely awesome. So, let's get started. Okay, friends, let's welcome this episode's sponsor. That sponsor is Moon lit mystic you know like if you're in the moonlight and it's lit up or if you're from Detroit you could say it's lit <laughs> which means it's wonderful and it's, it's enlivening and invigorating and happy so I really think that this is uh, one of those kinds of businesses that will make you happy will bring you joy Moonlit Mystic LLC is the actual name of the company, but the shop is Moonlit Mystic. Moonlit Mystic, a place of magic and mysticism. We sell crystals, jewelry, art, tarot, and other oddities. You can find them located in Wayne, Michigan at 3019 South Wayne Road. Wayne is spelled W-A-Y-N-E. Just in case you're wondering, because with the whole reference of the moon thing, you might think W-A-N-E. And I sincerely want to make sure that you find the right address. Moonlit Mystic can also be found online at www.moonlitmystic.com. Give them a visit, say hi, and if you have a chance, maybe you too can be lit, lit up. Get it? Lit up? That's a mom joke. Get it? Okay. Well, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. You're grimacing. But I'm sure that once you see what they have, it'll make it all worth it because their items are absolutely gorgeous. All right. Let's get back to the show. So the first thing we need to establish is that we are not putting pillows on the dining room table and balancing our plates on them. While this could be a fun game with empty plastic plates or wooden plates and some empty cups in a game of pretend with little people, and I'm sure the pudding people would love that, 
No, I am referring to the cloth placemats that we find in many stores that usually has simple or pretty patterns for holidays and making them into pillows. Yes, you can do this if they're cloth. The secret is that you can actually take these apart and I have, you know, done some things before with ready-made items. I'm a, a big fan of repurposing items. But this, this sounds really fun. And it wasn't that hard. And I do recommend trying this at home. But if you're not sure if you're going to commit to doing it, then just go to the resale shop, you know, or the antique store. Okay, we know that when people of lesser means say antiquing, and antiquing, we really mean going to the thrift store and thrifting. But if you do have money and you're going antiquing, you will not find these. Because you wouldn't do this to an antique, an actual antique. So, head on out. Go to Bed Bath & Beyond or your $1.25 store and grab yourself a cloth placemat. One of the most important things is to find one that speaks to you, that will go with your aesthetic. Now, for some of you, you might be into pastels and decide that for your little pillow, you want to go completely off-brand and use a bold forest green color. Maybe there's ducks on it if you went to a sporting goods store. I don't know, but it's not uncommon to decorate in such a way that the spare pillows you use don't match at all, or you could make them match completely. It's up to you. It's your choice. After all, I'm not the boss of you. And we're going to go a little wild with the stuffing mediums here too. So hold on to your bonnets for that. Why is this cat getting so close to me? You wanna say hi, Fluffy Buffy? No, she just wants to purr. She's a good kitty. That is Fluffy the Destroyer of Worlds. She's a rather aging tabby. She's not old. No, you're not old, not super old. But you're not young anymore either. She was born in this house and she loves it here. We also have another cat now, a younger kitten we rescued. And they are in a dominance and power struggle between the holding of territory in their kitty beds and the dog is just kind of trying to survive um, <laughs> he's trying to survive the battle so I guess you wanted to make a guest uh, debut again well not debut but a little uh, cameo in this episode once you've chosen your placemat you're going to tear it apart but only on one end okay Make sure you launder it first though. Make sure you wash it really well because washing pillows is a chore. So giving it a good wash now can save you a headache later. Just in case there's some uh, fumigation left in it, 
you always wash cloth items before you use them, by the way. <clears throat> I can hear the frog in my throat, by the way. Ribbit, ribbit. Um, and then you would, you can use a seam ripper. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Or you can just use a really thin razor blade or X-Acto knife or a paring knife if you don't mind uh, doing it that way. But there's more of a chance of it going through if you don't use an actual seam ripper. And I want to give a word of caution here regarding seam rippers and why it's so very important to keep them away from small people. I remember when I was in my first year of college, and of course I was in the honors program. I'm very proud of that. I was in a scholars program. Um, but that's neither here nor there because guess what? No one cares except me, but it will be something I always cherish. I was in my first year of college at Highland Park Community College, a, an HBCU here in the United States. HBCU is a historically black college or university. And it was located in Highland Park, Michigan, which is located inside or rather surrounded by the city of Detroit. There, that gives you some background. While I was in the class, I had a classmate. And I won't give you her full name in order to protect her identity and her privacy, but I will give you her first name because it was so interesting to me. Her first name was Durlam. That's Mildred, spelled backwards. And there's a story behind that na name, but it is not mine to tell. So, we were in class together and she had the most beautiful son, handsome, bright, <clears throat> full of promise, and she was a seamstress. In actuality, she made her own wedding dress. It's a beautiful wedding dress, very elegant, very simple. They had a homemade cake, and it was everything that young love really could be if you kept it simple and graceful. However, and I get a little choked up about this sometimes, her son, as most small people do, was very interested in her sewing tools. And he really liked the seam ripper. But she was unaware of this fascination until tragedy struck. So I am not a fan of trigger warnings. I don't really use them, but I do understand that some of my readers are sensitive. So this is a trigger warning for you. If the thought of harm is going to give you distress, you can skip the next 30 seconds or so ahead in this episode. Are you skipping? Okay, so if you stayed, he got into the seam, uh, the sewing basket, got the seam ripper, and was playing with it, and somehow his hand slipped while he was looking at it, and he poked it directly into his eye and we were terrified he'd become blinded. But with the great talent at uh, the Kresge Eye Institute in Michigan, in Detroit, we were able to avoid this. So please keep your seam rippers put well away when not in use, especially 
if you have your own small child. If you had to step away, come back here. Are you here? Wonderful. Okay, so once you've taken the taken the part it apart with the seam ripper or the small knife, you can start to stuff it. You can usually make a very small cut, about three inches, four inches at most, and be able to stuff the pillow. Or you can take it completely apart and then add a ruffle around the edges. But that's another episode because we want to talk about ruffles in its own space because I have a, <clears throat> a really fun episode regarding that coming up this year. So let's talk about this. this now you're going to stuff this, this cloth pillowcase, but what are you going to stuff it with? Well, many times people will use something called polyfill and they'll just stuff it full of that. It's kind of like a synthetic material. Looks like Santa's beard, but not. You know, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. You find it in toys. You find it in in uh, little keepsake knickknacks. It's it's just it's kind of gross <laughs> to feel. But I'm not knocking it. But it's not something you want coming out uh, into your uh, your sweaters. So you definitely want to make sure you seal it well. But you want to keep in mind that you don't have to fill it with that. You really don't. You could fill this particular item with cotton balls. Yes, cotton balls. You can fill it with cotton balls. Now over time it may be compressed, but it really depends on how much cotton you put in there. You don't want to pack it too tightly because then there won't be any give to it. But it'll be squishy. So that is an alternative to the synthetic filling and I think it's something to think about. You can also stuff it with wool. Lamb's wool is a viable stuffing. You just want to pre-shrink it first if possible if you plan on washing this because wool does shrink. Unless you're going to dedicate yourself to only washing it in cold water, this pillow, and then somehow drying it on air dry because otherwise it's not going to work. It'll just get all weird in the middle. But there are other alternatives to cotton balls and wool. You can also stuff your pillow with old scraps of material. Maybe you have some leftover pieces of material from cutting little placeholders or drink covers or things like that and they're not big enough to make anything else but they are large enough to have a pile of them you can put your scraps in there why throw away and waste if you can reuse of course it'll give the pillow an interesting texture and you'd need quite a few of them but it's definitely a way to get rid of them another thing you can use to stuff them is worn out slips from uh, clothing that has been worn, you know, completely through the wringer. Maybe it's a bunch of t-shirts that have been stained by painting or used as aprons or whatnot. Those can go in there too. 
but I will caution you, it makes a rather hard pillow, so it's something you would probably set on, not so much lay on with your head. It just is a different texture, and there's nothing wrong with that. Did you know that you could also stuff your placemat pillow with Spanish moss? Okay, so I know that I'm using the placemat pillow as the word, but I'm going to say pillowcase sometimes, but you get what I'm saying. But you can stuff them with Spanish moss. Now here's the thing. Spanish moss isn't Spanish and it's not moss. Okay, I see you looking at me through the phone or through the radio and you're like, what? No, seriously. It's actually a bromeliad. <laughs> well, it's not a bromeliad, but it's the same family as bromeliads and, and succulents, believe it or not. You probably won't be stuffing your pillow with this unless you're in the South though, because that's where we have it in the United States. But other countries may have it as well. Um, I know you can get it in the Caribbean as well, so definitely, uh, definitely not something I'm going to find in Michigan, but I do know you can use it for that. So you could put it in there and you could add some rose petals, some thyme, some mugwort, uh, maybe a tiny bit of orange peel and make a dream pillow out of it. So that's another option. And the best thing about it is that... Even though you're using that, you're gonna have those materials. Moths don't like Spanish moss. So if you're gonna use it for an outdoor pillow for your uh, garden set or on your veranda or on your porch, this would be the way to go. And you can add a few essential oils in there too. I wanted to add a little warning just in case you go out and gather your Spanish moss on your own. Keep in mind that there's bugs in it that are in the wild if you're gathering it from trees. So, and that's where they live. That's where the moss lives. So, be mindful. You're gonna have to wash it. You're gonna have to literally wash your Spanish moss. Otherwise, it's, it's just gonna be a complete mess. So, gather it, dry it out, wash it well before you dry it out. Make sure the bugs aren't in it. You know, swirling around in soapy water and leaving it there for a while can be very helpful. You don't want to get chiggers. C-H-I-G-G-E-R-S. Some of the people in other countries listening to this won't know what they are, but we do here in the United States, and we do not want that. Also, weevils like Spanish moss. So again, make sure you swirl it around. Make sure there's none in there. Uh, and... Just keep a monitoring on it. Every once in a while, once it's already made and the pillow's out, you know, wherever you're gonna put it, spray it down with a solution of alcohol and water so that anything that might try to crawl in there will come back out. If you're really proactive, you can add some cedar shavings in there, real cedar, and that will also deter them. All right, back to the show. If you are near a farm, or you know someone who's near a farm and you are able to buy chicken feathers, do it. It's worth having chicken feathers or goose feathers even better in your pillow if you can. Now remember, 
those feathers have quills, so sometimes feather pillows are kind of pointy. But if you can fill a, a little bitty pillow like this full of feathers, you've got probably a keepsake. More than likely, everyone's going to want that particular pillow. So be prepared to guard it unless you want to give these away. Now, another thing to keep in mind though, is feathers can be very expensive. That's why you want a friend with a farm. Before you use the feathers in your pillows or your pillow, you definitely want to give them a good thorough washing. You do not want to put filthy feathers in a clean pillow. And feathers are generally filthy. Once you've got them washed, preferably with ivory soap, the liquid kind, I'm biased, I love ivory soap. Once you've got them washed and rinsed, the next thing to do is to dry them. And if you want them all floofy, you can put them in a different pillowcase and then put in a blow dryer on low and blow them dry. Or you can just let them dry out. <laughs> you can let them dry out on the counter. But my way is a little bit faster and a little bit more fun. Just make sure the pillowcase is a cotton one so that the air can pass through freely and make sure you don't burn your feathers. Once you've got this all done, you're ready to stitch it shut and you should be able to do that with a small needle, preferably the smallest needle you have, uh, beside beading needle that is. Don't use your embroidery needle. Never use your good embroidery needles for this. You're not gonna get me. No, no, no. I can feel the embroiderers coming after me. Never use those. But you're gonna stitch it shut with the smallest, cheapest needle you can find. Never use your gold needles for this. And then that's it. There you have it. You've got your placemat pillowcase made into a pillow. Which of course we know they weren't meant to be pillowcases. But they're pillowcases now. They're pillows now. They're pillows. They could be pillowcases, honestly, though. If you already have a smaller set of pillows and you have a larger placemat, you could shove one into another one that's just open on one side. It's up to you. You can choose. And if you're listening to this in the evening, you probably are drifting off and thinking how wonderful it would be to have a little extra pillow just for your neck or something in your bed. I guess this is like a real version of pillow talk in that situation, right? 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 Oh, come on, that mom joke was cute. I haven't done a mom joke in two episodes, not a really good one. So you had it coming. This is one of those activities that lends itself to being a really great group kind of project. It's not exactly a real sewing circle where you're making clothing or handkerchiefs, and it's not a quilting bee, but placemat pillows are really cool and they're easy, so no one's probably gonna get discouraged. You can use anything to stuff the pillowcase into, you know, to cram that stuffing in, but you will need something to help. A wooden spoon usually works really well. Just kind of just stuff it in there like that. Another thing to keep in mind though, is that if everybody brings at least two to three placemats, you can trade them. And how cool would that be as a project to give to different people or groups that might need a little extra love? 
You can make these pillow, these placemat pillows and give them to shelters or give them to halfway houses and then add a sweet little note with it and that would be fun. Or you can give it to other people who just need a gift sometimes. Sometimes people need their own pillow. Believe it or not, one of the things that people cherish the most if they've lost everything are smaller items. I'm not saying a placemat pillow is going to ease the weight of the world from someone. But I am saying little gifts that are handmade are usually the most often looked over and they are or rather overlooked and they are also the most often most cherished. So think of that what you will. We made it to the end of the episode. Some of you had to take a moment away and come back and some of you t- stayed with the whole ride. Either way, I appreciate you and I hope you found joy and I hope you found creativity and something else to add to your cottage core big book of stuff. I also want to thank you for letting me share this with my friends and we're friends, right? It's one of the things I love the most about this podcast is sharing new things, discoveries, a few mom jokes. It's not that bad, is it? as well as some cautions to keep you and others safe. And even though today's story was a little bit scary, when we talked about the seam rippers and children, it was necessary to cover because oftentimes we forget that things that are not harmful to adults can be harmful to children, and that's why it was included. I hope it did not cause you undue distress, and I also hope that you'll join me again here on my magical cottage core life. Today we met a new friend, a new sponsor, and I want to thank them because they're new to the podcast and they are actually sponsoring us because they want to share the experience with people like you. Because you're you're the you're the people I do this for. Well, you and me. I mean friends share all kinds of things after all. Well, see you soon. <laughs>